welcome to the Healthcare IT Today interview series. We feel lucky to be able to talk to so many smart, passionate, and knowledgeable people in healthcare. Now, we're taking our favorite interviews and sharing them with you. So sit back, relax, and enjoy perspectives on the world of health IT. When people mention robotic process automation, or RPA, to me, I always get a vision of cute smiling robots sitting in front of a keyboard, repeatedly pressing the same keys over and over again, basically doing the work that people would find tedious and boring. Of course, in reality, RPA doesn't actually require robots. In fact, most RPA happens completely behind the scenes and involves only software. But because RPA is hidden from view, it is difficult to get a good picture of what it can achieve and what problems it solves. So when I heard about the successful implementation of RPA by Tidewater Physicians Multi-Specialty Group, I jumped at the chance to speak with them about their project. I wanted to learn how they recognized the need for RPA, what problems they solved with it, and what the ROI has been. Joining me today on the program are Dinesh Pai, Chief Revenue Cycle Officer at Tidewater Physicians Multi-Specialty Group, and Nick Frenette, Executive Director of Products and Solution Engineering at AGS Health. Dinesh, Nick, welcome to the program. Thank you for having us. Thanks for having us, yes. Dinesh, I'm really excited actually to talk to you about the robotic process automation or RPA work that you are doing at at Tidewater Physicians Multi-Specialty Group. But before we dive in, um, maybe you guys can both help me level set here. What's your definition, Dinesh, of RPA? My definition really comes from a lecture I saw at a HIMSS conference several years ago. And it really is a piece of technology that simulates work that a human normally does. Mm, Okay. That's that's where my mind locked in on it and understood it. And Nick, what about you? Do you have a, a sort of definition in your mind of, of RPA that you can share with us? Yeah, I think the, the biggest confusion, and you always hear these buzzwords in the industry around RPA and, and automation, and they're kind of, uh, you know, intermittently uh, used. Uh, RPA is a set of steps in defined processes that replicate a a human uh, taking those components on versus uh, automation or machine learning or anything like that is where the system is actually learning and adapting to the system uh, and they can make those educated decisions. Uh, So there's a big difference in the industry of what we're trying to do here with with RPA. So so in some ways, Nick, what I'm hearing is RPA is more than just a bunch of macros and hitting keys in a certain keystroke method, right? Yeah, there's a there's a, a, a you know an effort of madness that has to you know organize that that chaos, um, and we really go through a very uh, defined discovery process with our clients, uh, really understanding exactly what's the use case that we're trying to solve for uh, and why. Uh, and then more importantly, what's the desired outcome that that we're looking for? Uh, and so when we take our approach of doing RPA, uh, we really um, look at the implemental uh, processes that happen uh, throughout the organization uh, and really try to understand that. So Dinesh, I got to ask you, because we were talking obviously offline about some of the great work you're doing at Tidewater, but what was the challenge that really... Uh, that you were facing that really drove you to look at RPA as the potential solution? Yeah, I think the main thing is is just limited resources. 
Okay. Limited resources, limited amount of time to get all the work done that we need we need to get done. And then we interweaved with that is really trying to understand, are we really using our human resources, the expertise we have in-house as effectively as we can? We, we're, we're fortunate where we have a pretty good, strong cadre of staff. A lot of them are very seasoned and experienced. And there comes a time when, in this case, it offered us an opportunity to say, are we really using their talents to their fullest? Or are we still kind of doing business as usual? Every task that comes along, giving them that task. In this case, we found a task which really it, it made a lot of sense to try to turn to technology and take that off of our folks and let them do more valuable work that really requires their ex expertise and judgment you know, to do that work instead of what they normally do. Right. And, and what was that? that work that you found that you really wanted to take off of their shoulders? Well, we had an interesting, and we still actually still have it. Actually, we, in the, in the course of healthcare finance, of course, we're going more to value-based care, being evaluated on the outcomes that our providers uh, provide to our, the patients that they treat and serve. And in the course of doing so, we as we're filing our claims, we file equality codes along with the actual services and visits and procedures that they render on their patients. And most of the time, most payers accept these codes with a zero charge on them. But we have some significant payer partners of ours whose systems cannot accept a claim with a zero charge. So we are still filing those claims on those quality codes with at least a penny, just a penny in this case, the innocent penny. Normally, we get the claims remittances back, and they've accepted those pennies. They don't pay anything on them, but they recognize that it's just a it's a placeholder charge to in order for them to accept the claim. But we've discovered we discovered over the years that a lot of the times those don't come back to us in a format where they get written off automatically. Ideally, if they got written off automatically, we wouldn't have a business problem. But as it turned out, we had a significant business problem because. Tens of thousands of these penny transactions were hung up in our accounts receivable. And what that did was complicate our ability to accurately bill patients. And in some case, in a lot in the mechanics of our billing system, it stymied us from properly aging the entire visit, as it were, due to this one penny item sitting on that encounter. And so it basically short-circuited our normal collections processes and prevented us from having a normal billing cycle and being able to process those transactions in a normal manner. So, so it sounds like the people that you had had to go in and manually write this off. Was that sort of the, the, the duties that they had with these penny transactions? Well, that's, that's where we started off. We were like, oh my goodness, we got tens of thousands of these pennies out here and we're not properly aging our accounts. And at this, we had to do something. So our normal reflex of action is, is well, we got to, we got to move, you know, have our people stop doing this and do that. And there's, there's a trade-off on all, anything, anytime you do something like that. And so, but we didn't have any, any other alternatives at that point. We knew our folks knew how to do it. 
on the other side of the coin, it was, you know, we didn't have any alternatives at that point. So we said, well, let's, let's get that started and get them starting right off. The, but the, the problem is, is as many as they wrote off, we're fill, filling up the bucket on the other side with newer transactions coming in the door. So that ultimately we knew we were kind of fighting uphill. And was that sort of the, the catalyst or what tipped you over the edge to look at RPA? Was was this sort of never ending bucket getting filled, filled with these penny transactions? Yeah, in in our case, it, it, I had a little bit of exposure to RPA in in the presentation I saw, as I had mentioned earlier, and I was always trying to think of what are some good use cases for us. And some of the, the examples I, I'd seen in that conference and in in other readings were interesting, but in this case, it just we just kind of brainstormed and put two and two together and said, "We wait a minute, we have a an immense task ahead of us." We're utilizing experienced staff on writing off pennies, which is important in the long run, but doesn't require, there's not a lot of variation and judgment involved in that. Is there a different way? And we happened to, everything kind of came together where we were, we are having discussions with our AGS health partners, ended up meeting Nick and just presented this idea to saying, hey, we're, this is what we're trying to do in this case. There was a little bit of thought involved in how to do that task. And, and, you know, Nick was able to sit with us and walk through what exactly are we needing to get done. And then he kind of took it from, he and his team took it from there to try to help us with that, automate that process. And, and Nick, based on what you saw, uh, was there, you know, something that made you recognize right away that, boy, this is a really good candidate for RPA? Yeah, um, a good candidate for RPA is something that uh, you can you can clearly define uh, and measure and report on, um, and it's and, it's and it was also a very very repetitive redundant task that was happening. Um, so when we looked at it, uh, we just had to get a good understanding of the billing system or the practice management system of how to apply these um, these adjustments uh, and what were the steps that needed to be done um, from a, a RPA perspective to to complete it. Uh, and so I think when we, we initially did the discovery call to implementation, we were able to turn this around uh, in, in under three months uh, and really get this up, up and going um, throughout QA uh, and uh, ready to, to go live. Amazing. Amazing. Dinesh, what's been the ROI for now that you have this running? Like, what, what's sort of the return been on implementing RPA for this particular process? Well, we're definitely seeing more current collections because what was happening was we had these penny transactions preventing us from billing patients for legitimate balances on an untimely basis. Mm. So that's the first thing. The second thing is, is just a overall increase in patient and customer satisfaction. We were constantly having to explain, yeah, we haven't billed you in eight months or longer because we had to do something to your account to have it properly bill you. But after a while, they would understand the, the balance is correct, but nobody likes to get billed in a, such a protracted manner. And so we we had a kind of a satisfaction issue and then just timely collections, like I mentioned, first off. And, and what's the reaction being by both patients and by staff uh, to these changes that have that have been put in? Well, I think for to be fair to our patients, it's something that me as a myself as a customer, I just expect, yeah, you're going to do competent work and do this on a timely basis. So it was more of a probably prevention of dissatisfaction on a long term basis. 
that we we are we're receiving there. Our staff definitely were so excited that they didn't have to do this work themselves. And there we have a great team that wants to do real valuable work. We were able to shift them to areas that they know is, needs their attention and needs their expertise and experience to address quickly and in an accurate manner. So they're, they were excited to be able to, to dedicate themselves to that real work that they're trained to do, that they like to do, and that we want them to do in the end. <laughs> gotcha. No one signs up to, for a job to write off pennies in a transaction. Not system. unless you're, you're, the boss is telling you to do so. And you, you Please get it done. Pretty please. <laughs> not when there's a hundred thousand of them. Nice. <laughs> not when there's a hundred thousand. You can do it day, day and night and still never catch up. Exactly. <laughs> Uh, the question for both of you, uh, why do you think this particular RPA deployment was so successful? Dinesh, we'll, we'll start with you. I, I think what's, what struck me right at the onset was working with Nick and his, and his team members. They took a lot of time to listen to what we were trying to do. There wasn't, I didn't ever get a feeling that there was an automatic, immediate you know, jump to conclusions on, okay, we know what you need. There was a very careful stepwise discussion on what is the problem? How does it happen? What does it look like? A fair number of Zoom calls where we went through that and they they took, you know, to Nick's credit and his colleagues, I mean, they were very careful in how they walked walked through that and asked a lot of questions of my team members. There was never, I felt like there was never an assumption of we, we, we figured it out. We know exactly what's happening uh, until we went through these, the proper due diligence. So that gave us a lot of confidence. And, and Nick, given your travels and, and given how many RPA implementations you've been through, was there anything that, about this one that stood out for you and, and why this one was so successful? Yeah, so we always think about it as, as practical, tactical, right? Making sure that when we are doing our discovery session, we do have a true understanding of uh, what, what the team's you know, presenting to us. Uh, and then making sure that we roll it out in, in controlled uh, phases, um, whether that be, you know, testing it out, creating it in a demo environment, validating and queuing with a the team. Uh, there's always use cases that you're constantly, uh, uh, you know, discovering uh, as you go through this testing phase uh, and making sure, you know, just to work uh, in, in partner with, with um, Dinesh's team. Uh, they've, been, they've been great with supporting us uh, with everything, all of the requests that we brought to them. Uh, and then when we roll it out in a controlled environment slowly uh, and then scale, uh, you know, month over month, uh, it makes the process pretty seamless. I, I just want to pick up on two things here to make sure I highlight it properly. It sounds like both of you have said spend more time up front to really understand the problem, build the fence and, and really understand the, all the systems and all the requirements very clearly and in, invest in that area so that the RPA can be very smooth. And then also I heard, Nick, that you say rolling it out slowly. Like you don't just sort of flip the switch and just automate everything right at the start. You roll it out to make sure that what you've built you know, is accurate and, and is doing what you expect it to do. Is Did I get those two points right? Yeah, that, that, that's exactly right. Yep. Great. Dinesh, now that you've again rolled this out <laughs> successfully to deal with your penny <laughs> challenge, what else is next for RPA in your organization? Well, we're working with Nick on a critical, mission-critical process that is the automation of it does not exist at all in our in our billing system, and it, it's allowing us. We have a 
business process that we adopted. I frankly, I negotiated with, with my physician owners on how we qualify potential delinquent accounts that are eligible to uh, be ready to go to collection agency. We're a fairly large medical group, you know, nine, 85, 90 locations, 270 plus providers. So our volume is pretty substantial. So automating that process, administering the process that I designed with my uh, physician, physician uh, shareholder stakeholders, it, it, uh, the design of it was out of our heads. However, we never considered that we needed to really have to make it rational and manageable that it really needed to be automated. In this case, we presented this problem. We went through the, what is the business process that we are required to follow that we have adopted? We presented that to Nick and said, how do we automate that in next gen? And at the end of the day, it was qualifying the accounts creating you know, manageable work lists with the opportunity for our office managers to review with their physicians. They would have an opportunity to mark them. And then an automated process comes up behind and then writes off the items they want written off and the rest go to collections. Sounds simple, but when you're doing it on the scale that we're looking to do it on a regular basis without any manual or human inter intervention, we it was not rational. We tried that process already at the beginning in our first run of the process, and it wasn't that wasn't manageable out of the gate. So we realized we needed to find an alternative. Luckily, we were able to present this, and so we're we're on the cusp of getting this going and getting it live. As a matter of fact, and because you had a success uh, with RPA previously, it, did it sort of make it easier for uh, people to get on board with your next project? Oh, I, absolutely, absolutely. There's credibility. You know, Nick, Nick, deli Nick delivered on the, the first case and and followed the same. He didn't. He didn't. He doesn't deviated from his normal uh, mode of understanding the business problem, the tech, you know, the the work problem that we have. We went through the same rigor and attention to detail. What happens in each step of the process, and he we allowed him to take time to do his own research He's, and come back to us and say, do I, do I comprehend what you're trying to do in this process? As, as simple as I describe it, there is, there's a little bit of variation in, in every you know, little bit of parts of that process that make a difference. And so even that we were able, we feel like we've been able to capture effectively, but, it, but that, that amount of attention to detail was critical and helpful. Nick, let me ask you this question. Um, what advice do you have for other IT or operational leaders at healthcare organizations who, who might be a little hesitant about RPA? Like to your point earlier, RPA is sort of this uh, vague term. Uh, it can be kind of scary, especially when you hear the word robot in there. Um, what advice do you have for someone in, in that position where they're a little bit hesitant about even looking at or considering RPA? Uh, don't try to solve the world's problems at first. Uh, figure out one use case that you can implement, test, uh, improve, not only to the team, uh, but to leadership. Uh, it's all about getting that adoption and that early buy-in. And then the next project uh, rollout, the, the learning curve is, is significantly reduced. Uh, and it's where you can see immediate value uh, in three months. Uh, and not waiting for a large implementation that can take six, nine months to over a year. Uh, choose, you know, kind of that, the, the, the easier route, quicker implementation, add that immediate value uh, and gain that trust. And, and Dinesh, what, what advice would you have to a peer of yours at another organization who's 
maybe got a challenge in front of them that they don't know how to solve or has kind of heard the same thing where, you know, hey, what's this RPA? What what, did, what advice would you give them? Well, the, the first advice, and I, and I have actually given this to peers, is write down your business problems. <laughs> write them down, jot them down, collect them from your team members, your staff, your management team, anything that comes to mind. I, I at first tried to assume that I knew what RPA could address. And in some cases it can, some cases it possibly could. Uh, but until if you list these problems, it really stimulates, there's a degree of an imagination that's involved, I believe, to understand if RPA can address it. And I say imagination because it's so new. We, we, didn't, we didn't have it before. And that's what I, what I would tell my management team. I'd, I'd be like, you need to suspend your imagination because we never used it before. We never had it before. So we don't know how, but imagine, let's look at a task that we don't either, we can't manage effectively, we can't do timely, or we don't like to do, or folks don't like to do it. Create criteria that maybe you, you can find possible use cases in those that have those characteristics. At, at, that was the biggest challenge for me at the end. You know, people would call me about, you know, and talk to me about, we help organizations with RPA, but they had very few use cases that I could really relate to. And so plan B was, well, let's start listing out our own problems and see how <laughs> talking to a, our vendor partner, in this case, working with Nick, could any of these qualify and start fleshing them out from there. Uh, Dinesh, where can people go to find more information uh, about Tidewater? Well, our website readily available is mytpmg.com. And you can find voluminous amount of information about our group, our locations, our providers, all about our group there. Awesome. And same question for you, Nick. Where can people go to learn more information about AGS Health? Uh, you can log into our newly designed uh, website, agshealth.com. Uh, and under our uh, our platform drop down, you'll see revenue cycle automation, as well as you can follow us on LinkedIn, um, Instagram, uh, and any of the media social media streams. Gentlemen, want to thank you both for being on our program today and sharing this wonderful information. And I'm so happy that we have a positive RPA case study to share with the world. Thank you for having us. Absolutely, thanks for having us. I want to thank Dinesh and Nick for spending time with me today and shedding light on what RPA it is and what benefits it offers healthcare organizations. I loved how Tidewater was able to solve their penny transaction challenge using RPA. And hey, if you enjoyed this interview as much as I did, we'd love for you to subscribe, rate, and give us a review on iTunes, YouTube, or wherever you're listening and watching this. Plus, head on over to healthcareittoday.com to access free resources, industry news, and insightful articles. You can also connect with us on Twitter using the hashtag HITSM. I'm Colin Hung. Thanks for being here. Mm -hmm.